Hola, Betty. An ugly Betty podcast. It's uh, hola. No, there's an H in it. Hola, Modis, and welcome to another edition of Hola, Betty. With me, Ben, and joining me as ever is my bestie, Tony. Hi. Hi. Hola. Hola. Wow, episode five already. Can you believe it, Tony? I'm having so much fun doing this. Me too. I mean, since we last recorded, um, we've actually started releasing the episodes yeah. now. And we just want to thank everybody for, you know, who's listened so far and commented and rated and things. It, it really does mean a lot to us. So, um, but, but keep commenting, keep reviewing, you know, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, tell everybody to watch, uh, to listen to us. And if they haven't watched Ugly Betty, tell them to watch Ugly Betty and listen to us. Exactly, exactly. I have had a couple of friends that have said, I've never watched Ugly Betty before, but I'm listening to your show, which is great. But I'm like, watch Ugly Betty as well. Come on. <laughs> Spread the love, folks. Spread the Spread love. Spread the love. So as we're recording this, it's the 28th of December. Obviously, it'll be a bit later by the time you're hearing this. So, you know, the festive holidays, what better time, Tony? to discuss perhaps one of my favourite episodes of Ugly Betty, episode five, Faye's Sleigh Ride. Woo, it actually worked out pretty well, didn't it? I think we did really good with the timing of that. Yeah, I mean, it, it was totally serendipitous. We, we were aiming to try and record like Christmas Eve, but you know how the holidays get. But we're doing it, you know, the week between Christmas and New Year. So yay! Yay! Um, obviously, if you're listening to this, it's the future. So I hope you all had a great Christmas and New Year. And yeah, thank you just for listening. Um, so Tony, are you ready for episode five? I'm ready. Bring her on. Let's oh, do it. All right, let's do it. This is Faye's Sleigh Ride. So the episode starts with Betty joining Mark and Amanda at a networking night. And whilst they're there, um, Betty meets a lady called Fat Carol, who ironically actually really isn't that fat at all, uh, whilst eating some grilled cheese. And, you know, Betty's all like, yay, someone like me. Um, But no. Fat Carol wanted Betty's job and, you know, she's a bit bitter about it and uh, makes fun of Betty's weight. Yeah, I mean, you know, she obviously gets sort of, you know, judged by other people because, you know, Mark and Amanda are the ones that call her Fat Carol when, like you said, she's clearly not fat. So, yeah, so, you know, considering, you know, she gets sort of judged herself, you know, particularly with Mark and Amanda, um, who are the ones that call her Fat Carol, um, you'd think that she'd have some empathy with Betty, um, you know, and would maybe even want to befriend her and, and everything and have the same ideas that Betty does. But no, like you said, she's just totally bitter. And, um, you know, she just picks on Betty for her weight, which you think well, if people are picking on your weight, why would you pick on somebody else's weight? But it doesn't make sense to me. So she's not a very nice person. No, she didn't leave the best of first impressions, did she? <laughs> Not really, no. Um, so whilst they're there, um, Mark and Amanda 
don't miss the opportunity to snap a photo of Betty spilling a drink over a man and kind of just say, what a throwback scene and get out the old flip phones. I miss my Motorola Razr so much. <laughs> oh my God, you remember those days. I used to love my <laughs> Motorola Razr. <laughs> We were the bee's knees with those flip phones, okay? Um, if it's good enough for mode, then we were doing something, right? <laughs> exactly. I, I just love watching TV from that time as well, because literally everybody has a flip phone. So I'm getting a lot of throwbacks with this, and I've seen it with other shows as well, where everybody gets out their flip phones, you're like, oh my Christ. Yeah, you were either flip phone or um, Blackberry. <laughs> I think I had a BlackBerry after the flip phone and then that went by the by as well because they got became a thing of the past and then it's just iPhones all the way. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Apple. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, thanks. It's good that we got past those stages. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at the networking party, um, a guy called Carlo Medina introduces himself and he's the editor-in-chief at isabella magazine um we won't touch on uh, carlo too much just yet but obviously he's a major player in the episode yeah and he i think you can tell from this point that he's he's probably going to be a bit shifty because he seems too interested in betty not to say that that like that's a bad thing or anything but you can tell like when he's like oh you know um you're a legend and everything and it's kind of like oh what's his purpose considering he's a rival at a rival magazine so and you know he's got a bit of a swagger of arrogance around him as well let's yeah. be honest yeah bit bit of sleaze going on like nah i didn't trust the guy from that moment so whilst this is going on Bradford and a woman are looking for the missing music box that belonged to Faye. Now, I just want to ask a quick question here, Tony. It's like, who the hell was this woman? Because I was watching it and I thought, she looks a little bit like Claire, but obviously it's clearly not Judith Light. And like later on in the episode, when we learn the link between Claire and um, Faye, you know, you could understand why. Claire would be helping Bradford look but we've only ever seen him with the male PI so when I was re-watching it I was like who is this woman because like I don't think she ever pops up again PA maybe or something yeah quite possible quite possible I, I just thought there was a slight resemblance there but yeah I it, it was just like mm, I don't know it would just be interesting if anyone's seen the scripts for this episode if it just does identify who this woman is or who she's credited as um yeah I I just assumed she was a PA to be honest so if if I'm wrong then somebody please tell me but um but yeah that's what I'm gonna go for um so the next day, um, Wilhelmina and Daniel are reviewing the holiday spread and they deliver a concept uh, to Bradford and for their shoot, they're going to have this post-apocalyptic Christmas shoot and um, Wilhelmina has um, got hold of this upcoming designer that's undiscovered her name's An Vu Tran from Vietnam though for some reason I wrote Vienna in my notes so uh, I either wasn't paying attention or my hand was just doing its own thing when it was writing but anyway An Vu Tran from Vietnam and 
Daniel and Willie are both quite enthusiastic about the uh, the concept, but Bradford just seems very distant. He his mind is not on it at all. Yeah, and you can tell that Wilhelmina like grabs onto that right away as well. Like she can tell that he's a bit rattled about something, and she she pretty much knows why he's rattled. So you know she's got that sort of in her mind to report back. I uh, gotta ask you, Tom, what did you think of the concept? I thought it was very bold. I liked it. Yeah, I mean it 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 could have sort of rubbed some people up the wrong way, couldn't it? But I th- I think it yeah, it was pretty bold to do and it would have been an interesting concept if they'd managed to um to do it. So um yeah, I think it would have been interesting. Well, you know me, I've been a lifelong Madonna fan, so uh, I'm always open to a bit of controversy, uh, just as long as it doesn't get to Donald Trump level. Yeah, well, what could get to that level? But we wouldn't go on. (laughs) And for all you Trump fans and Republicans out there, we're not judging. We're just judging a little bit. (laughs) Just a a smidge. A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you're right. Um, Willie obviously knows um, why Bradford is rattled and she goes and meets with the mass woman uh, to tell her how Bradford was reacting Um, and then we pan to the music box and see that it's inscribed to my fae with undying love so I think if people hadn't worked it out already this was pretty much the giveaway of what Bradford's relationship with fae was. Yeah I think it went bit past sort of co-worker level didn't it i think uh, there were some very late nights in the office <laughs> we could put so many innuendos in yours and real <laughs> yes uh if you want an innuendo slipped into the podcast tweet it over to us and we'll give it a go you know there's always room there's always room um probably we'll unknowingly do it sometimes <laughs> So then we see Betty go home to her family. Uh, she's there for dinner, but so is Walter. And uh, yeah, Betty's not impressed to have Walter there, nor is she impressed at Ignacio drinking coffee, which she quickly takes off him. And, you know, she talks about the uh, the networking night to her family. Yeah, and can I just point out with Walter being here on tamale night okay nobody in this family seems bothered by this okay now I love the Suarez's I think you know they're an amazing family they always sort of root for one another and you know they're always sticking up for one another but for Christ's sake the man cheated on Betty but they seem to think that there's no problem here I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) This is something that really tickles me as well, because, you know, especially Ignacio, he's always better. Follow your dreams. You deserve the best. But they've got a real soft spot for this guy. Yeah, no no matter that he, you know, cheated on her with the old slap down the road. Do you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it's just, they're kind of like, oh, come on, give him a break. You know, he's he's Walter. He's a nice guy. And it's literally every single one of them. And you're like, but he cheated on her. Like, yeah, let's be honest. If someone cheated on Hilda, she certainly would not be staying with someone. Yeah, exactly. I just literally don't understand how they can still empathise with this guy. 
like I just I don't know whether it's just because of his you know his character and everything and you know maybe they thought that him cheating was a bit out of character but it doesn't matter he still did it so why are you still being nice to the guy so I've had a question in my mind about Walter that I actually wanted to ask you about Tony and I think this is actually a really good point to uh, to ask uh, and what that is is in these early days of the show um do you think like Walter was meant to maybe be the love interest uh, for a bit longer and then obviously the reaction to Christopher Gorham as Henry maybe expanded his role or do you think Henry was kind of always like part of the wider arc of the season I'm just curious because it, it feels like Walter's around for quite a while and then obviously later on he just goes you know yeah I mean that's interesting that you bring that up actually um I'm not sure. It could be either way, couldn't it? I mean, I think probably Henry was brought into it for a reason and that they probably were going to go along that line. But I feel like as well, like I'm always quite surprised every time I go and rewatch season one of how long Walter was in it because I always thought that he was in a couple of episodes at the beginning and then he was gone. But it's actually, Mm. it goes on quite, you know, what about half the season maybe or just yeah. half season and that's how I felt too which made me kind of wonder was maybe there a shift in direction you know once they found the feet because obviously like you know you brought up in the trivia uh, in the previous episode how you know Mark was meant to be a one-shot character and then his popularity expanded his role you know so it would be just so interesting um obviously uh Silvio is no longer with us but if any of the other writers could share insight on uh what the original acts were that would be really cool yeah yeah so if you're out there listening please um please let us know we, we'd love to um know more about these uh these insider things so um as is talking to her family about the networking night um we, ha- we flash back to it and you know Betty's being very modest and you know uh, she's bigging up Daniel loads she's not taking all the credit um, and then we cut to Amanda who's t- telling Daniel post-sex shock horror I know uh, that Betty spoke about herself all night long and Daniel's like mm, that doesn't sound like Betty to me yeah, and then you cut down to see, yeah, she didn't talk about herself because she was bigging up Daniel the whole entire time. So, but there's obviously still jealousy going on there from Amanda's part. Not that she would admit it at all, but uh, she's obviously still a bit bitter, and so she's trying to, you know, paint Betty in the worst possible light. But you know, there's no pulling the wool over Daniel's eyes. There, he knows what you know Betty is like and that she would never sort of you know talk about herself for for that length of time and you know she's she's much better than that so no I couldn't agree more and then obviously Mark goes to Wilhelmina and tells her about it too and uh you know typical Willie she's just not interested um she's just gets straight to the point and says look Mark what dirt did you get and uh you know he's like oh well you know I'll, I'll do better next time and then obviously she threatens to replace him and uh yeah like will is so direct at least you know where you stand with her 
yeah exactly there's no beating around the bush is there it's like get me my information or you are out (laughs) (laughs) there's no other way you know to go around this year and then back home uh, at the Suarez household Justin says that he's got a school project to write about someone with a job they admire so he asks Betty if he can go to mode with her and very reluctantly Hilda agrees and uh, I remember watching this the first time and already I just thought oh my god Justin's going to mode this is going to be great (laughs) yeah he's going to be in his element here (laughs) his dream um but yeah, I mean, Hilda is is very reluctant to let him go, and I I think it's more of a jealousy thing. And I think this this episode actually touches on a lot of jealousy aspects, actually, um, from a few different characters, sort of towards Betty. I don't know if you noticed, but see, I I, I took her stopping Justin Moore as just being protective mother because. Um, a because of bullies but also because of the kind of environment the fashion industry is um yeah I'm curious to hear your jealousy take on this though I feel like just because she knows that obviously Justin you know is obviously mad about all of that type of stuff and feels like you know that because Betty is kind of working in that environment then you know that's all if he goes to mode then that's all he's going to talk about and it just kind of be is like well you know she's his mother type thing and but he's sort of maybe looking up to Betty a bit more because you know of where she works but you know no I think like I you think... said it's, it's such of like a toxic um mm. environment as well that um you know maybe like you said she doesn't want him um sort of you know around those type of people and things so it's probably a bit of a mixture but I know I think I, I think I think you make a really solid argument there and I mean you know there has already been this sibling rivalry explored already you know with the whole you know who's dad's favorite kind of thing so uh, yeah I think actually you raise a really valid point and I hadn't viewed it that way but I think you're very accurate Tom. Well I think it could be a mixture of both from what you said as well because I only sort of picked up on sort of the jealousy aspect of things but no you also make a really good point that um, you know it could be that she you know doesn't want him around those types of people um, and that yeah he you know he does obviously get bullied in school so she doesn't want to sort of um, you know put put, um, uh, sort of gasoline on the flame type thing so yeah, being in mode's obviously going to be something he shouts about and draws more attention to himself. Not that he shouldn't, but, you know, Hilda knows what the kids at school are like. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But no, I only took it for the sort of the, the, the other side of things. Because like I said, I sort of got, um, you know, jealousy vibes from other characters as well, like Amanda being a bit jealous of Betty, you know, mm. Mark being a bit jealous of Betty when he's talking about her to, you know, Wilhelmina before she shuts him down. There's, you know, again, he wouldn't like say point blank that he's jealous of Betty. But I think because she was obviously having quite a bit of attention from other people there, that, um, you know, he was jealous of that and Amanda was jealous of that. Um, and then also, I think Walter is a bit jealous of Betty as well. Because when they were sort of discussing through tamale night and things, and he, you know, she was saying about going to the networking night, and then he's like judging her for having like one drink. Yeah, I know. I think you're right. I think you know 
Betty and Walter were very comfortable and he's very jealous of the fact that she's progressing her life, her career, expanding her circle and finding a sense of identity as an independent woman. And uh, there's definitely, definitely jealousy there. I think you're right. I think it's a solid theme that runs throughout this episode. You I mean, it, we, you, you can even look at like, um, you know, the relationship there between Faye and Mrs. Mead, you know, and even the mass woman to Bradford, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of animosity and, and jealousy in this episode. Yeah, so I, I definitely think it's a, it's a big um, contributing factor to the, to the episode. So, and it's just interesting how to see how things pan out as well. Mm. Uh, between sort of those characters and everything. Well, Justin then goes to mode with Betty and he's very quick to leave an impression when he calls Amanda out for wearing two-year-old shoes. Yeah, which Mark didn't even notice. (laughs) Just like he didn't notice the fake Gucci bag. So, Mark, are you really all that, dear? Yeah, he's he's slipping. He's going off his game there. So, um, But obviously there's a bit of a dig made at Betty as well when she comes in with Justin from those two because Mark is quick to point out thinking that uh, Betty's weight in inverted commas is pregnancy weight Um, so obviously she cuts in and says no he's my nephew and then Mark says something along the lines of yeah well you wouldn't have got you know is um, everything about fashion from you that's for sure so (laughs) yeah I mean uh yeah, Justin got a very, uh, very quick introduction to the world of and cultures at Mode Magazine, that's for sure. <laughs> now, yeah, he picked hell of a day to go. Oh, didn't he just because uh, in the office, the photographer's going mad because Isabella have stole the post-apocalyptic Christmas concept. And uh, then Betty suddenly realises, oh, my God, Carlo Medina bought her a drink. Um, so instantly Betty's thinking, oh God, what have I said? Yeah. And she's, you know, she's the type of person as well to sort of carry around like that type of guilt, isn't she? Even though yeah. if she didn't like say that much, but she, from like one little thing that she said, she's going to immediately blame herself. So there's then a staff meeting to discuss the leak and, you know, Wilhelmina wants info and Mark and Amanda stop Betty from raising a hand and saying anything. And Wilhelmina says that if no one comes forward, then by noon on Thursday, someone's head will roll. And with Willie, you can fully believe that. Yeah, that is, you could actually like, see that happening. Like, yeah, like this is a literal thing. Like, <laughs> literal heads will roll <laughs> if she doesn't get her answers. Come on, people, be afraid. So then uh, Bradford goes to meet his shady PI once again regarding the missing music box. He tells the PI that the music box is personal to him. And when the PI asks Bradford who knows about the affair, Bradford says no one apart from his wife. So yes, if you hadn't got it already, Bradford Mead had an affair behind his wife's back with Faye Summers. <gasps> Shock horror. Dirty kiss. Did not see that coming. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Jim Jim Robinson's still got swag. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you just had to bring him up, didn't you? <laughs> Um, so 
at the staff meeting, uh, Daniel and Wilhelmina say that everyone needs to cancel their plans and work together for the new shoot. We then flash back um, to Betty talking to Carlo Medina, and she remembers that she only actually mentioned the title of the shoot and the tanks. I'm not being funny, Betty. The title kind of gives most of it away. <laughs> well, just a little bit, doesn't it? I mean, that is the concept behind it. But, you know, she could have blabbed more about it. But, yeah, I kind of thought that. <laughs> kind of like, well, I think you're giving quite a lot away. But I suppose it could have been like any type of post-apocalyptic Could have been scene, zombies. Could have been zombies. Could have been, yeah. It could have been the start ends of The Walking Dead. Oh know? my God, Ugly Betty Walking Dead crossover. Who saw that coming? <laughs> not me, but I would love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I would love to see how Wilhelmina Slater would survive a zombie apocalypse. She would slay. She would. She, she would be the last woman standing. Now, Mark, but... and, Ama Mark and Amanda, on the other hand... Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think they would make a bit, uh, fool, I think they'd make a few foolish choices when they like. I think they'd make um, a good meal for, for the zombies. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, as Betty recollects this to Mark and Amanda, uh, Mark realises that he also spoke to Carlo um, because Mark was really jealous of Betty um, and how she was getting all that attention and he tells Carlo that Wilhelmina was the one who found the flat jackets by Anne Vutran. Um, so, yeah, he's leaked a big piece of info, too. Yeah. And then Amanda recalls her encounter with Carlo, where she was asking him about Isabella's holiday magazine. And she says that Mode is doing a Planet of the Apes shoot. I mean, so really, did Amanda actually share anything? I mean, I mean, you don't really know, do you? But she, she obviously, you know, she'd had a few drinks as well, <laughs> hadn't she? She said she only had like one or two, but I think she was about four deep <laughs> when... <laughs> This when she was speaking true. to Carlos, so she could have said more as well. So after realising the three of them seemingly have a part to play in all this, Betty wants them to go and confess, but they convince her to keep quiet. Um, what would you have done in this situation, Tom? I, don't know, I think I would have been like Betty because I really can't, lie to save my life yeah i mean <laughs> the I'm all, guilt I, would just eat at me i think i'm um, i'm all for saving my own skin but like yeah the way that uh amanda and mark are just like so casual about it i'm like mm, that doesn't sit comfortable no no definitely not i mean i you know i don't want to be like you know at all goody two shoes but I, I guess i am because like i said i'm not a very good liar and it would honestly the guilt would just eat 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 away until i would probably go insane and just blurt around in front of everybody so yeah i think i probably would confess so we then cut to the suarez household where walter's having a chat with ignacio and telling him that he still loves betty now um whilst doing this walter's messing around with the universal remote uh, trying to get everything set up on it 
And when he's not looking, Ignacio keeps stealing Walter's coffee. Um, and, you know, Ignacio tries to give him some advice about how he can win Betty back. And like you said, Tone, again, I'm just like, oh, Ignacio, I know you've got a soft spot for this guy and probably look at him like a son, but come on, is this really the best you want for your daughter, really? Yeah, I mean, you know, I know Walter really does have sort of good intentions and everything, but, you know, it doesn't change the fact that he did cheat on her. And who's to say that he wouldn't do it again? Like, you know, he's probably learned his lesson looking at the type of character that he is. But you don't know that. Like, he could literally be, you know, a few years down the line and he could he could do it again. Like, you know, you just don't know. So why on earth would you want somebody in your family who had already treated your daughter like dirt when she didn't deserve it? Couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. Ignacio then gets a call from the HMO about his appointment. Um, you know, they say Betty keeps getting in touch with them, but he decides to cancel the appointment. Yeah, so, yeah, Ignacio's clearly hiding something here. Yeah, the old telenovela strikes again, I think. More drama, just as, dun, as if dun, you haven't got dun. enough drama. <laughs> yeah, here's something else. Here we go. Here's another plot line we're just going to drop on you. Well, talking of drama, Wilhelmina and Daniel go to see Bradford and they agree not to tell him about the leak and that they are going to have to put the differences aside and work together on this. Wilhelmina says she'll be the one to find out who was the one to leak the information and Daniel says that he will tackle the new spread now I think Wilhelmina definitely is the kind of person who will get to the bottom of the mystery but I'm very shocked that Wilhelmina was like okay yeah you just do this like given how much of a control freak she is around the shoots usually I'm like whoa all right you're letting Daniel run good good on you Yeah, I mean, it, it, it looks like it, it, the starting of sort of like a bit of a team going on there, doesn't it? I mean, I know it doesn't really last for long, but when they when they do work together, they actually do make a good team, I think. They do. They really do. But, you know, Willie Willy is Willie. Yeah, it, you know, she, she'll always turn things around just when you think she's starting to have a heart. It's just, no. But, you know, I think she wants to take control of the leak as well because she probably wants to maybe gain information that she might not know as well. Like, you know, even if she doesn't gain the information that she wants, she might find out something else. So, you know, and people are going to talk, aren't they, if um, if they (laughs) feel like their job is on the line. (laughs) You know, if anyone can put the fear of God into someone, I do think it would be Wilhelmina Slater. Yeah, Jesus, you would probably tell her anything (laughs) if she looked at you in the wrong way. (laughs) So um, Daniel then goes and gives Betty a load of tasks to do. And whilst there, she introduces Justin uh, to him. And then the phone rings and it's the masked woman calling for Daniel yet again. Now, he's like, no, I'm not speaking to her unless she tells me who she is. So she tells Betty to pass a message on to Daniel saying that Bradford has many secrets and that one of them is in the music box. 
it's all gonna come out it's all gonna come out she doesn't give up does she like she is really persistent this woman like she, yeah literally she does not give up well the only thing i can think of is you know she's in this like private rehabilitation place so you know if she's got a free landline there then you know <laughs> get the most out of it girl you know three minutes <laughs> You know, mobile phones were very expensive back in those days, Tony. 12p a text. What is that about? <laughs> she's making the most of her. And then, like you said, she's not got much else going on. Is she? She's probably <laughs> bored. Like, just prank calling people all the time. You know, does it even interact with any of her patients? Oh, God, I don't know. Um, anyway, Wilhelmina starts questioning staff about the leak. And, you know, Mark is constantly keeping Betty and Amanda updated. And, Tony, I know you love a montage. And what a great montage this was, seeing everybody in and out being grilled by Willie and the uh, panic rising in Mark, Amanda and Betty. Yes, and the the stress eating from Amanda is starting, which I absolutely love, by the way. Seeing her rip that corn dog apart was just legendary. And when she's got like a like a tub of sweets or something, she's trying to <laughs> grab it off somebody else. I just honestly, I just love how appearance is everything to her. But then, like literally, as soon as a little bit of stress comes about, <laughs> here comes the food. Like <laughs> it's brilliant. You know, absolute genius. At the end of the day, we all love to comfort eat. Don't care what anyone says. Yeah, <laughs> literally, my day-to-day life. <laughs> Not well, even just comforting half the time. I just eat because I'm bored. <laughs> well, you know, I think 2020 has done that to all of us. That's for sure. Um, so anyway, Justin and Betty go and visit Christina in the closet. And, uh, you know, Justin's clearly in his element. So, you know, Christina's like, yeah, you can stay here with me. Um, so then Betty goes to run some errands and outside the building Bradford pulls up in the car and asks Betty about the mass woman and to report anything she hears to him which is obviously very similar to what we had in the last episode near enough the exact same conversation but obviously as you explained uh, last week Tony obviously Swag was originally aired later on as a flashback episode so originally this would have been the first time Bradford asked yeah, exactly. And you would have just seen bits and bobs later. So, um, so yeah, if anyone was confused about that, just remember the order actually aired. Yeah. Sorry, that one's on the editors. That scene could have been removed. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. Love you all, but it could have been removed. Yeah, more a boob. <laughs> um. So Daniel thanks Betty for all her hard work and tells her that she can go early. Wrapped with guilt, Betty tries to confess to Daniel about what happened with Carlo, but he says that he doesn't need to know and that he especially doesn't need to know or hear anything if it means that he'd lose Betty. And he actually says that twice in the episode. And, you know, at this point, I think this is the solid episode where I've gone from... Daniel's growing on me to actually I really like Daniel now he's really finding his place in the world and the company in this episode yeah and he knows that he doesn't want to sort of go through this like office life without sort of 
Betty by his side. So I, I think it was quite nice that he said that, actually. Yeah, he knows Betty's got his back and that she works hard. And he knows that if Betty were to go, some floozy like Amanda's going to get the job and it's just not going to be anywhere near as productive. And that's not what he needs right now. And it's great to see him maturing and realising what his priorities are. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was a really nice scene because even though, you know, he's probably guessed at this stage that she's had something to do with it, but he's just saying, no, just just keep quiet. You know, I don't care as long as, you know, it doesn't get out and that it would affect, you know, your position here. Just, just stay quiet. Even looking back uh, earlier in the episode when um, Amanda was talking to Daniel after they'd slept together, um the chemistry there you know even then it was kind of evident that Amanda was more into it than Daniel he never looked her in the eye he was very quick to fasten up his clothes and you know he was quick to leap to Betty's defense you could kind of sense that change happening in him of this isn't what my focus should be anymore it should be about work and people who treat me well so I, I think this is a real turning point for Daniel's character yeah and like you said as well, I think it, it was a sort of stage where I, I did start to to like Daniel more because it, in the beginning, he was a bit of an ass, you know. Yeah, but, I couldn't um, agree more. But it's it's only episode five, you know, and he actually turned his character really, really quickly, which which is great, you know. It's, um, it's a, like you said, it's a big turning point and for his character arc and everything. And, um, you know, he's made progress really, really fast, I think, so. So over in Wilhelmina's office, she gets a call about Carlo being at the rack and questions Mark about it, who gets very nervous. Um, we then cut to the Suarez household where Ignacio is watching, shock horror, a telenovela. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> he loves them. <laughs> He's got great taste. He's got great taste. Um while he's doing that, Justin is uh, telling a very uninterested Hilda about his day at Mode. Um, and, you know, Betty's there, you know, waxing a top lip when all of a sudden, who turns up in Queens at the Suarez household but Mark and Amanda? It was one of those moments that you were like, oh my God, <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> It, it probably felt like that to them as well. <laughs> they probably couldn't believe that they were there. <laughs> um, but great scene, though. Absolutely great I, I'm scene. Sh- I'm sure we'll talk about it in the quotes section more this scene. Um, but, yes. but what we will just acknowledge now is that this was also the scene that kind of spawned uh, the name of this show. It's probably one of our most quoted scenes of Ugly Betty ever, Tony. Yeah, I mean, the amount of times that we've just quoted it to one another in, <laughs> in the years that we've known each other. Like, literally, we'll, like, not see each other in person for a couple of months, meet up, you know, in London or somewhere on the train, and before saying anything, we just go, hola. <laughs> it, it's hola. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a H in it. <laughs> Every time, every time. So shout out to that scene for inspiring this podcast. (laughs) 
Yay, go writers. So anyway, um, Mark and Amanda turn up and tell Betty that Wilhelmina wants to see the three of them at 10 a.m. because she knows the truth. Betty uh, brings them in and introduces them to her family and hilarity ensues, as we've just discussed. And, you know, over in the mode office, Daniel and Wilhelmina have decided to work late and throw ideas around about the new concept. You know, they then look at um, the biggest selling holiday issue in the history of mode from 1986, which featured Faye's sleigh ride. And it saw Faye as the centre spread shoot in the centre on the sleigh, very glamorous. And Willie suggests that it seems fitting that on the year of Faye's death, they do a reproduction of this um, of, of this iconic spread, but have an empty sleigh uh, to signify the loss of Faye. Um, it's a pretty cool concept. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was very classy. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously that, you know, Wilhelmina has other intentions for it as well to spark things off. Um, but, you know, it, it is a really good concept and, you know, just a nice in memoriam as well to somebody who put this of life's work into the magazine, I guess. And, you know, Faye just has that Anna Wintour glamour look about as she, you know, to say we don't really see much of Faye, she's a cool lady. Yeah, exactly. And you hear so much stuff about her anyway, even for not seeing her, you hear so much about her rap and everything. So, um, back at the Suarez household, whilst Amanda thoroughly enjoys herself after discovering Flan, Mark suggests that the three of them pin the leak on Fat Carol. And, you know, you can see Betty's pretty torn up about this. And Ignacio says to her, well, you know, sometimes we have to keep secrets to survive. And uh, obviously this had a much deeper meaning, um, which we learn towards the end of the episode. Yeah, exactly. He's kind of trying to, you know, sort of, tell himself that as well isn't he there's like he's telling that to betty so just sort of signify later that yeah you know certain secrets do need to be kept type thing so she wouldn't sort of maybe judge i don't know but it has a secret meaning anyway so in mode fat carol taunts betty mark and amanda when they all are in the lift together and the three of them decide yep we're going to blame her. Um, even Betty, you know, you could see Betty was pissed. Yeah, because she has another dig at Betty. So she's just like at that stage. Yeah, I think she's at sort of um, melting point, isn't she? She's like, you know what? I don't care now. Let's pin her on her. She's done my head in. Yeah. Why? You know, like, why am I defending this person? Yeah, because she, she's clearly a horrible person so you know i'm not, not saying fat, that that is <laughs> no 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 just horrible <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm not saying that justifies things but you know like she doesn't need to be an awful person she just chooses to be doesn't she i think what you're politely trying to say tony is that uh, karma is a bitch yeah exactly <laughs> so you know shove that in your pipe <laughs> so uh yeah the music box um is left on daniel's desk um 
and uh, Daniel explains that it's actually his mum's music box and that Bradford had gave it to her and it looked just like the one Faye had in her shoot. And then he remembered that his mum put it in the attic and then burned a thousand copies of Mode. And, you know, he realises then, as does Betty, that Faye was Bradford's mistress and that she put herself in the spread to taunt Mrs Mead. Yeah, which already, we haven't even met Mrs Mead yet, but we can already tell that she's a pretty dramatic person. I mean, quite rightly, to be honest, but it's just she's, the whole, yeah, she burnt a thousand copies of <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, yeah, that is pretty fierce but you know Claire has had to put up with a lot of shit herself yeah oh yeah I mean I'm I'm not trying to you know sort of between Bradford and Alex (laughs) and Daniel yeah exactly you know and she's got shit people like Faye doing stuff to her as well you know it's just like it's only so much one woman can take (laughs) before she flips (laughs) So Betty opens the box and they find a wrecked license plate with Faye on it. It's obviously from Faye's car wreckage. And along with that are a melted pair of Faye's iconic sunglasses. <gasps> what does this mean? What does it mean? So then Betty then tells Daniel that she's got a meeting shortly with Wilhelmina. And he says to her to be very careful what she says and repeats again that he doesn't want to lose her. So, you know, he's really committed to this working relationship now. Oh, I just I just love that relationship, actually. Um, it's really cute. Justin then turns up at Mode and Betty's all like, yo, what's going on? And um, he's like, oh, it's for my paper. It's for my paper. But then, you know, she gets a call off Hilda while she's out doing her Herbalux. And uh, she says that Justin skipped school and that there was never any paper. Um, so obviously, yeah, you just know Justin's going to be in the doghouse with Hilda when he gets home. Uh, and Mark over here is Betty um, talking to Justin, you know, after she gets off the phone to Hilda and is eardropping when she's telling him, you know, that he shouldn't lie. Um, so you almost think, oh, my God, is Mark going to do good here? But no, it's Mark. Of course he's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she's also trying to tell Justin as well that, you know, this this world is really not all it's cracked up to be. So she's trying to, you know, sort of maybe steer him away that it may look glamorous, but actually on the inside, it's not that glamorous at all. Yeah. He's just not getting past those rose tinted glasses at all, is he? No, no not at the stage. Not at all. So Betty, Mark and Amanda then go and meet with Wilhelmina and when she asks them about the leak, Mark and Amanda say that they saw Carol leak the spread to Carlo. And, uh, you know, Betty goes against that gut instinct of, oh, screw uh, fat Carol, because Wilhelmina does exactly what she does best. She puts the fear of God into Betty and she says that it was her, but she takes all the blame and says it was all her. And then to the surprise of everybody, Wilhelmina then says, uh, you know what? It's fine. You're all staying because the truth is I already had informants there. Uh, and they told me that Carol really did leak everything because she slept with Carlo. So I'm just like, wow, I love that 
amidst you know meant the fact that they're meant to be coming up with a new concept that Wilhelmina already knew what went on and allowed all of this uh, interview nonsense to to go ahead like she just wanted to put the staff through the ringer she enjoyed it she was getting off on grilling everybody well yeah that's what she does she loves <laughs> having that power doesn't she and she wants to like you said put the fear into people so they don't do that shit again because they'll know what happens if they do so um justin and betty then go to the um the christmas spread shoot and while said there's a really touching little scene between Mark and Justin. And this is one of my favorite relationships on the show. I love how it plays out over the four seasons. Um, and, you know, just, Justin says to Mark that kids at school just don't get him. And Mark really encourages him to be who he wants to be, but advises him that he better learn to run real fast. Um, I just thought it was a very poignant little scene. Yeah. It was, it was really nice because, you know, um, yeah, Mark obviously knows what Justin is going through because he's already been there. Yeah. You know, he's had to go through that tough time in school himself. So he's just given that advice ready he, for him. He sees a lot of himself in uh, Justin. And, you know, whilst Justin at this point doesn't really know his sense of self and who he is and what he is you know Mark obviously sees what very well could be there and and really relates to that and imparts his wisdom with him and for for Mark this was kind of the beginning of his character growth because we've only ever seen him being a lackey and a troublemaker so it was nice to actually see him stop and be like actually no you know what respect to this kid yeah exactly and just to encourage to keep being who he is rather than you know so sort of keeping it to himself so then bradford turns up to the shoot and is shocked because he usually has final approval and obviously this is not the concept he approved and certainly not the one he expected daniel then puts claire's box on the sleigh and you know seeing Claire's identical box really spooks Bradford because he's thinking oh god you know is it FaZe does Daniel know what's going on here you know and Wilhelmina in a rare act of kindness um lets Justin activate the snow um which was really pretty and um it was just a lovely scene I loved Wilhelmina's speech here um we'll discuss that later on in the podcast um but yeah, it all worked out in the end. Until that is, Betty went and visited the HMO, who tell her that Ignacio Suarez is 117 years old and dead, and that he's been using someone else's social security number. Yeah, I mean, you know, for a dead guy, Ignacio is looking pretty good, isn't he? <laughs> hey, if I look like that at 117, I would be thrilled. I know. <laughs> dead but, or alive. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so here's another bombshell, you know, but he's just got over one one thing and here's another just to make her life even harder. So then... The masked woman calls Wilhelmina and expresses how happy she is that Daniel and Bradford are being torn further apart. Obviously, this lady has real animosity with the Meads. Yeah. So then 
we have uh, we have Carlo Medina from Isabella come and visit Wilhelmina. And Wilhelmina admits that she's impressed by his villainy and she ultimately asks him to work at Mode um, and wants to employ him as a spy. I mean, I'm not shocked by this in the slightest. No, not at all. Like, she wants... To you know, sort of spies everywhere, doesn't she? And I I didn't throw one in last week, but I'm going to throw a Game of Thrones reference in here. Let's do it, let's do it. Like, you know, it's kind of like, again, sort of Queen Cersei and she needs, like, her informants everywhere or, you know, like Varys with his little birds, you know what I mean? That she just needs eyes and ears everywhere and needs to know all of the ins and outs that's going on, whether that's within her own magazine or somebody else's. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. The the parallels between Wilhelmina and Cersei are really interesting. Um, that would make a really great like little essay if anyone wants to write that. Maybe I will. Um, uh, and, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's, and fun, <laughs> let's do a comparison. And funnily enough, you know, Wilhelmina is my favourite character in Ugly Betty, and Cersei is in my top three in Game of Thrones. Huh, interesting. I didn't uh, actually know who your favourite character was in Game of Thrones. So I, I, I would say Olena, Hodor and Cersei are my top three. Oh, actually, now that you say that, that's not surprising <laughs> at all. <laughs> the amount of times that we talk about Olena Tyrell. <laughs> Still, I want to put it out there. If there's a demand for us to talk all things Game of Thrones, let us know on the interwebs. I mean, we're going to do it anyway, but if you would <laughs> like to see that, please let us know. <laughs> we then go back to Queen's and the Suarez household where Hilda is punishing Justin. And did you notice one of the words she said is censored here? Was I, um, was I right in thinking that was fashion TV or something? It had to be bleeped out. Yes, because I think it's happened a couple of times because I'm sure it happened in one of the previous episodes as well. And I don't know why, because it's not as if it's a, a real, <laughs> like a real show, do you know what I mean? But yeah, they, they've intentionally like bleeped out. But, but I think it must be like fashion TV. Um, unless he watches something else, but I think it's probably that. But yeah, I wonder why they do that because it's not a real television. Yeah, Hilda punishes Justin and he's like, you know what? it was worth it and in a way I'm a bit like yeah you go Justin you you're really trying to follow your dream but at the same time I'm just like dang that's just totally disrespecting his mom yeah yeah and it's it's sort of isn't it like you know he's sort of not a rebellious kid yet or anything but in his own way that is kind of a rebellion isn't it (laughs) Well, then we have Ignacio trying to cheer Betty up as well. And then just to make it even more bizarre, the episode ends with Walter singing Beauty and the Beast to Betty outside. It's her favourite song. She goes out and joins in the song with him and smiles and the episode ends. I mean, great taste in Disney films, Betty, but I mean, I'm not sure someone singing, you know, uh, Beauty and the Beast should be enough to tempt you back. No, not at all. And did you find it a bit awkward? I mean, from from anyone else, I think think it would have been okay. But from Walter, it was just like, oh, God. Oh, I, I would have cringed to death, literally. I mean... And, and, you know, if someone cheated on me and came and sang Be Prepared from The Lion King, I'd not sure it would win me over, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, knock twice. <laughs> He's kind of saying, oh, yeah, that's cool, but okay. You're still not winning me over. Sorry. So, uh, you know, Be Prepared has been played at very random moments in our lives, Tony, such as the time we was at an after party and uh, as it came on, the fire alarms went off twice and we had to evacuate twice. (laughs) But we we didn't actually leave the room, though, stupidly. (laughs) We lost your (laughs) mum. Yeah, yeah. And we just sort of sat there and then we were like, well, she's maybe she's already gone outside. Let's go. And as we were getting to the doors, the fire alarms went off and the music came back. So we just ran in and finished singing Be Prepared. That is the only acceptable time to sing that to me, if, if I'm being honest. In the <laughs> it was middle all of potential, dramatic, wasn't it? In the middle of a potentially deadly event, I think that's a good time to start singing something that Scar sung, but yeah and there's like fire elements in that scene ironically (laughs) (laughs) we'd like to point out there that the building was not on fire we were not (laughs) stupid that it was a fake it was a faulty alarm i went i went to another event at the same building and the same thing happened again Oh. Well, I mean, even the following day during the actual convention, it went off a bunch of times. Like, I was in a bloody meet and greet thing with um, Oded Fair, and we were getting towards the end, and like, it just went off. I'm like, do you mind? <laughs> the wrong time Oded. Uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I. I that's a whole other story that we'll get to another day that's because another that's a lot. That's a long, 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 long story. Um, but we do love you, Oded, if you're somehow listening to this. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, it, I know Walter really is sincere about trying to win Betty back, but it just doesn't cut it for me, Tone. No, it, it was really cringe. I mean, I love Booty and the Beast, you know me. I love my Disney, and it is in one of my sort of top five, but <laughs> it just is so cringe. Like, I no. think... You know, I think I'd rather sit, someone come to me and sing Be Our Guest and serve me a big slap-up meal. That might be a little better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And spend loads of money on that. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm bought by material things or bought by food or anything, but it's certainly a way to get started. And we saying. love food. We've expressed this already, let's be honest. <laughs> we'll just turn this into a food podcast the amount of time <laughs> so we talk about it. So let me ask you a question, Tony. What was your highlight of the episode? Favourite scene? Well, I don't don't think it was sort of a specific scene per se. It was sort of a mixture because I just kind of love those moments where you just see Amanda eating. And just the stress eating, we come back to food once again. (laughs) But I just love those moments that you're actually getting a look at like the real Amanda. And it's just, it's hilarious as well with the context of it. So I just, particularly like those moments I think it's you know it's light-hearted it's it's funny you know and yeah. you know uh Becky Newton just acts that brilliantly like she's all for being like this sort of you know glamorous person but as soon as soon as the stress starts she's like I don't care I'm eating like a pig now <laughs> I think for me my favorite moment had to be um Wilhelmina letting Justin activate the snow and yeah. and her speech about snow I thought that was uh, 
was the first kind of time that Willie let her guard down slightly and showed a bit of warmth to someone. And um, I just thought it was a really tender moment. Yeah. No, I I really like that moment as well. Because like you said, it's, you see a different um, side to, to Wilhelmina. Now, so um, uh, I like that. Tony, uh, we have got an uh, incoming message from James Earl Jones right now. Um, he, What's he, he saying? What's he want now? He's telling me that it's uh, time for his uh, line. So without further ado, <laughs> it's time for another edition of Tony's Trivia. Thanks very much, James. We're, we're very grateful once again. You know... I, I love you as Mufasa and Darth Vader equally. You, you an icon. <laughs> Thanks very much for doing this for something that you're, you know, you're not even associated with. <laughs> um, so, Tony, what have you got for us this week? Okay, so um, I the first thing that I have is that the gentleman who played um, Carlo Medina was um, an actor called Nicholas Gonzalez and I know you haven't watched this show yet but he was actually in a few episodes of Jane the Virgin oh wow yeah so he was in I think it's the first season and he was in um, it wasn't like a big character or anything um, but he was um, a guy who was sort of interested in um, Jane's mother so I know you obviously have not seen this show, so you don't know the context of it. But I thought, you know, it was just quite nice to point out because I I always sort of relate Jane the Virgin with Ugly Betty because they're so alike. I imagine we'll um, have a lot of uh, listeners who probably have enjoyed both shows. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was recommended to me years ago um, and just because I was a big fan of Ugly Betty. So a friend of mine was like, look, you love Ugly Betty, so you will love this show. And it turns out she was right. Um, and I have passed on the same information <laughs> to well, quite a few colleagues at work and <laughs> they got invested in it as well. So um so yeah, I just I love sort of the comparisons. You see, you know, a few people turn up in Jane the Virgin that was actually in Ugly Betty. I think, you know, Tony Planner, Ignacio, you know, he turned up in in one episode as a priest, I believe. So it is, um, you know, it's a really great show and you need to friggin' watch it. Yes, I'm so behind the times, forgive me. And I I mean, we've already talked, haven't we, that we'll probably, you know, once you have watched it, do a podcast about that as well. But... But we have talked about whether we're going to do it once you have watched it all or whether we watch it, whether we do a podcast as you watch it. Yes. So So I don't know what's coming. Yeah, exactly. So there'll be a presenter who has watched it all and know exactly what's coming. And then you'll have the perspective of somebody who has no idea what's going on. So if anybody does watch Jane the Virgin and would, you know, like us to do a podcast about that, please let us know which um, version you would prefer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so um, next uh, next fact is that Walter's surname is, oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this, I don't think, but I think it's Tabachnik. 
Oh, and okay. it can be seen on uh, the badge that he's wearing, I think, in the scene with Ignacio when he's messing around with the Universal remote. Um, but it's never actually spoken aloud, and he's never his surname is never credited either. That is the only way that you would know his surname, and actually, I didn't even spot it. So. No, I was going to say this, that is actually something I've thought about a, a few times when I've rewatched the series, is what is his full name? And uh, no, I'd never picked up that it was shown on the badge. Yeah, I know. I never would have seen it, so somebody must have been watching really, really carefully to have pointed that out. But, Someone clearly um, had a 4K TV with like Zoom capabilities. <laughs> yeah, literally, because I honestly wouldn't have noticed it at all. So well done to whoever spotted that. Then we've got one of those sort of boob moments where um, it's towards the end of the episode when um, Daniel is putting the music box on the sleigh. And when he puts it on, it's actually facing sort of straight to the front. Um, but then when the shot changes, it's actually at an angle. So oh. one of those little oh dear moments just thrown in there um i think i found this on wiki where uh, isabella magazine um may actually be sort of a ch- tongue-in-cheek reference uh to a magazine that sort of rivaled vogue which was called mirabella ah. so i listen sort of hearing in that i think it probably probably right aren't they like <laughs> that makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense so um so yeah and then the the last thing that i have is that this episode was watched by 13.1 million us viewers at the wow. time and is actually the fifth highest um watched episode in the series overall wow i mean it's it, it really is a solid solid episode and you forget how big tv numbers were back then yeah Exactly, because you know that is hell of a lot to be, you know, when it first aired, isn't it? So um... you know, streaming now has kind of changed the viewing figure game because there's so much content that people don't always watch live. Um, So to get 13 million live viewers on broadcast date is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, it was one of the top watched episodes of the of the whole series so that is really good to know well thanks for your trivia as always tony uh really insightful again lots of stuff that i didn't know there we go and they will just keep coming but now i think we should turn to what is perhaps going to be an inflated se- segment this week is our favourite quotes from the episode. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Where do I begin? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got quite a lot going on and I know you have as well. <laughs> you know, there's something I just want to quickly say. Um, this episode was written by Sheila Lawrence and my god woman you are a genius screenwriter the the amount of one-liners and zingers the plot progression uh, the character arcs it's just written beautifully it's such a well 
crafted script. Yeah, I mean, you've you've got the 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 right quotes for the right moment, don't you? And there there was a hell of a lot of brilliant quotes um, to be pointed out. Let's go through them in order that we've written down. I know um, this episode does contain my favourite Ugly Betty quote of all time. Um, but the first one on my list was actually um, when Willie and Daniel were pitching the magazine to uh, to Bradford. And Willie's like, you know, in this world of global warming and political unrest, we give you a post-apocalyptic Christmas. And Daniel's contribution is a Mad Maximus, if you will. <laughs> it's just sort of typical, is it? It's such a straight male thing to say. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like that's the only way that you know he could sort of get that across. <laughs> um, the first one that I had written down was um, when uh, Betty, Amanda, and Mark are in the bathroom, like freaking out over the the leak to Carlo. Um, Amanda is eating something or other and then they hear somebody coming out of one of the cubicles and it's fat carol (laughs) who has clearly been throwing up in the toilet and amanda is like have something to be nervous about carol (laughs) carol sort of responds with i ate half a bagel (laughs) oh god and uh, I think it's the way that Amanda says it as well, as it, she's stuffing her face with food, and it's like, it, have something to be nervous about, Carol. So sometimes the the delivery is what makes it. It's the same for my next quote. I chose um, Betty getting home for dinner, and she says to Walter, "What are you doing here?" And Walter just casually is like, "Tuesday is tamale night." <laughs> like you know, <laughs> duh. Yeah, at the moment we're like, yeah, for people who live here, Walter, <laughs> not for you, the cheater. <laughs> but he doesn't care, does he? He's like, well, yeah, it's, it's tamale night. Yeah, I think you lost that privilege, Walter, or you should have done. I think so. Uh, the next one I had um, was, I think it was around the same time as my previous quote, uh, where I, it was Mark. Uh, to sort of Betty and he said oh Betty it looks like you're the leak oh well you didn't really fit in your hair anyway (laughs) yeah it's the ta-ta that does it it's priceless ta-ta yeah and it's just like the joint between him and Amanda as well they've done it a few times do do you know what though whenever I hear them say ta-ta it just reminds me of your (laughs) mum Yeah, that, that's a favourite of hers. <laughs> she doesn't say in quite the same way, though. No, you no, know, she doesn't. Let's make that clear. Way. Yeah, let's make that clear. Your mum is a lovely person. <laughs> Crazy. But lovely. Yeah. Well, my next quote um, also featured Amanda. Carlo Medina says, uh, this is when he's um, talking to Betty. Carlo says, wow, an assistant who doesn't trash talk her boss. And Amanda's like, I know, trash talking is what I do best. Well, second best. (laughs) (laughs) She knows her strengths. She knows her strengths. Yeah, and she plays at them. (laughs) Uh, Well, I've got one from Mark uh, to um, 
to Carlo actually. Um, where you know they're sort of looking on at Betty when she's talking to all those people, and Mark is clearly very, very jealous. And he sort of turns to Carlo and says, I don't understand it. She's like Liza at the Pride Parade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so camp, it's so Mark, you've got to love it. Yeah, and it, I don't think he could show his jealousy in another way. Like... <laughs> Talking of, uh, of Mark's um, femininity, my next quote is an exchange between Wilhelmina and Mark. Willie says, do you know how many curly-haired effect sycophants there are waiting to replace you? And Mark just goes, I know you have five of them on speed dial. And Wilhelmina's like, don't make me call. <laughs> <laughs> Like that, she just got a, a line of Mark wannabes ready on speed dial. Yeah, literally, like probably Mark one, Mark two, Mark three. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Well, I've got um, uh, I'm sticking with Mark here, but it's Mark and Betty this time, and um, I think they're trying to sort of convince. Um, Betty to you know lie about the leak and everything and Betty says I don't like lying to which Mark responds neither do I okay that was a lie (laughs) (laughs) that line is just Mark personified I swear to god yeah so she's like see how easy that was you know so my next one is a Hilda quote um, and she says You know, the fashion world isn't that great. It's a bunch of self-serving, shallow tramps who starve themselves and backstab each other for expensive clothes no self-respecting person will be caught dead in. And then Justin just says, so can I go? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as if he cares. Like, 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 yeah. Yes, I know this. And It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tilda's at quite a loss and she she should just leave him to it (laughs) (laughs) well maybe not really you know but it is it's like talking to a brick wall isn't it it's just it's not getting through he loves what he loves (laughs) um so the next one i had was between ignacio and walter and it's when uh ignacio is saying that um you know him and his wife had a pretty big argument once, but the way he sort of got around it um, was uh, through her favourite film. So he says, I thought of her favourite movie, Pretty Woman, and stole a page from Richard Gere. <laughs> and Walter is like, what? You mean, like, paid her? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just really? like, oh, wow, he did not just say that. I know. <laughs> a, just... because... It's so disrespectful to Ignacio and Mrs. Suarez, but also, like, please don't tell me that you think that's good advice. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, oh, come on, Walter, really now? <laughs> Get a grip. Um, <laughs> the next one I had on my list, you actually mentioned earlier in the podcast, was um, Betty saying, Mark, Amanda, this is Justin, and Mark's like, Oh, so that's pregnancy weight. <laughs> <laughs> Again, very typical Mark. Like, 
It's like, oh yeah, she's fat because she got pregnant. <laughs> Great, Mark. Great. Um, well, I have a Betty one when um, she's sort of trying to ring around in that montage scene where, you know, um, Wilmina is interviewing people and then Mark, Amanda and Betty calling one another, but Betty's also trying to sort out the photo shoot at the same time. And she's on the phone to somebody um, quite clearly trying to get, you know, quite a few Christmas themes going on. So she says, you don't have any reindeer? What about a big goat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. My next one is an exchange between Mark, Betty and Amanda. Mark goes, Carlo straight. And Betty says, Oh, so I guess this means all three of us need to go to Wilhelmina and confess. And then Amanda responds with a line that just creased me with laughter. Have you been smoking one of your ponchos? (laughs) 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 I just don't know where they actually get these things from. (laughs) If that's written or improvisation, either way, it's a genius line. Yeah, I love it. I love it. My next one. Um, okay, so it's um, again. I think it's sort of around where um, Betty, Mark, and Amanda are trying to figure out what to do about the whole situation. Um, so Betty says, "What are we supposed to do, Mark?" Well, that depends. Did you get the Powerball last night, <laughs> Betty? No. Mark, then keep quiet. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, just like, unless you've got, you know, tens of millions of, of dollars in uh, in your back pocket, keep it dumb. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> My next one is when Mark and Amanda go to the Suarez household and um, Mark walks in and, you know, he, he almost slips and then he says, oh my God, I have that same Jesus nightlight. <laughs> I didn't write it down, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> it just really, you could I don't just know imagine, why, couldn't you? I just don't know why it tickled me. The way I think it was half of, of it was the delivery and, and also the thought of Mark would really have something that tacky, okay? I know. Like you could just imagine like all of these designer things around his home and then in the middle of it all it's just this tacky Jesus statue (laughs) classic absolute classic Uh, so I've got another Mark one uh, where when he's um, going to see Wilhelmina and I think she's just about to call him out on his bullshit uh, about the leak situation but he's he's bringing in like some food for her um, it's salad with a few bits on on the side and he says um, I did get a few extra lemon slices because you earned them. <laughs> As if, you know, that, that is a massive treat. And if I remember rightly, then he says something like, notice I decopped your corn. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> Uh, oh. Like I couldn't even think of anything worse as a, a potential treat, you know. Right? <laughs> I like lemon, but come on. Well, I'm gonna go back to the Suarez household now for what is our most quoted ever ugly Betty <laughs> quote. 
Um, um, as Amanda introduces herself to Ignacio, she says, hola, to which Ignacio replies. Actually, it's pronounced hola. <laughs> to which Amanda answers, no, there's an H in it. <laughs> 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 that was actually my next one as well. <laughs> uh, I mean, we've already said numerous times this is what inspired the the title of our podcast. So you know, and when you, it was, I, I was just going to add when you got your cameo off Michael Yui, even he quoted this line. He did. He really, really did. And I was just like, I was literally dying. <laughs> I was just like, this is this is amazing that even he quoted it as well. So, yeah, it's it's you know it's one of those like, iconic things, and like we've already mentioned, we we quote it again and again when we see one another, and it's just something that always comes up. So it'll always be yeah, right there at the top Betty moments, I think. <laughs> Um, so mine is sort of centered around those scenes as well in um, in. Uh, the Suarez household when Amanda and Mark come to visit. Uh, so Ignacio sort of asks if Betty's friends would like a snack. So he asks, or he tells them even, we have flan. Amanda, what's a flan? <laughs> Ignacio, it's a delicious custard. <laughs> Amanda, oh, bring it! <laughs> <laughs> I I love that so much, and I love this scene with them just later on. Um, you know, Mark and Betty are really stressing about uh, about <laughs> what they're going to do, and Amanda just goes, "Betty," and looks down. Do you have another pan of this stuff? <laughs> yeah, and then Betty goes and takes it in the kitchen down to Ignacio, and he's like, "Got a healthy appetite, that girl has." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I just actually quite like that little sort of um, relationship between Ignacio and Amanda. Like yeah. she's sort of won her heart <laughs> by food. <laughs> you know, she sleeps with all these men, or at least with Daniel. And, you know, the truth is to win a heart, you just need some good food. <laughs> exactly. Uh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So. Um, did you have any more? Yes, I'm guessing I, so. <laughs> I do definitely have more. Next up is my favourite Ugly Betty quote of all time. <laughs> it's when Daniel and Wilhelmina and the photographer are throwing around ideas for the new shoot. And um, Daniel suggests doing an African-themed Christmas and mentions Kwanzaa, to which Wilhelmina so deadpan just turns and says, did you just gesture at me when you said Kwanzaa? <laughs> <laughs> uh, funnily enough, again, that was the next one that was on my list. It's just, it's hysterical. Uh, that is my favourite, favourite line in all of Ugly Betty. I just think it's just the comedy timing of it, the look on Vanessa Williams' face. It's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. Yeah. Uh, the next one I had was a bit more of a, a serious one, actually, and I think we've all we've already mentioned it a bit earlier. Uh, but it's when um, sort of uh, Betty and Ignacio are having a conversation, and she's you know sort of stuck about what to do in her situation, and 
And Ignacio says, uh, sometimes we have to keep secrets to survive. And I thought yeah. that was kind of hard hitting, really. Yeah, it, it really was. And like we've said, it, it held a lot of deeper meaning for Ignacio. Um, I'm actually going to throw a, a, another serious one out as well. I think I mentioned it briefly earlier because uh, it was my favourite scene. Uh, and it's it's at the, the shoot when they activate the snow. And Wilhelmina says, snow is a magical blanket. It hides what's ugly and makes everything beautiful. And again, this had a lot of depth to it, you know. Um, it hide, you know, the, the snow was hiding the ugliness of Wilhelmina's scheme. It was um, hide, you know, the snow was hiding, you know, literally the sand. Um, you know, even Betty kind of relates to, you know, anything can look beautiful in snow. So it's just got that really cool kind of, um, I don't know, I just thought it was a really poignant, uh, poignant moment. And uh, again, just seeing that bit of warmth from Wilhelmina was great. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a really nice but deep moment. So, yeah, I like that one. And uh, my last quote actually was um, around about the, the same sort of scene. And you, again, you'd already mentioned it a bit earlier. But it was when Mark was talking to Justin and he just says, be who you are, wear what you want, but just learn how to run real fast. Yeah, very touching scene. My last quote um, was the exchange at the end between Wilhelmina and Carlo when she says, I should add shameless suck up to the list, to which Carlo says, what list is that? And Wilhelmina says, I asked you here to tell you you are an underhanded bastard, a despicable, slimy weasel. You have no moral compass and are utterly without scruples and will use anyone in your path to get what you want. How can I entice you to work at mode? <laughs> <laughs> uh, implying that she loves those kind of people, really. Yeah, I mean, oh, Willie, you know, you go from something so poignant to just being the ice queen we all know and love. Yeah, always, always. So, Tony, can you believe it's now time to play our favourite game show, Hola or Ho No? Whoop. Are you ready, Tone? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. So do you want to start us off? Uh, yes, I, I'll kick it off. So I've got um, a Wilhelmina outfit um which was sort of um like a light yellow dress and then sort of a long darker yellow jacket with like sort of leopard print on the inside and it had sort of quite flowy sleeves as well and then sort of a long gold necklace and I gave that hola um because I I quite like that it was sort of one of the first times that we saw her in like a different color to white so I, it was quite good that in this episode, because I think she she wore a couple of yellow things, didn't she? So I, I just quite like that we saw her in something different other than, you know, something that's pure and white. But it was just still a really nice sort of light colour. Well, I'm going to give it a whole hour too. Um, and my first option was actually Willie's other yellow outfit. Um, I picked out when she had like this very pale yellow skirt suit on. 
Um, and again, it had very long, flowing, exaggerated sleeves, and she had a golden iris and necklace on. I know prior to recording, we actually discussed was it the same outfit, but it, you know, we both went back and looked. No, she really did have two yellow outfits on, and yeah, it was the same kind of reason. I just thought it was still very glam. Um, you know, it works with Vanessa Williams' complexion so so well, and uh, yeah, it was just so refreshing to see it actually with a bit of colour. Um, so my choice also earned a whole hour for Miss Slater. Yeah, and I'll give that a whole lot as well, because I really did think it was the same outfit when you um <laughs> you sent me the picture and I'm like, I'm sure it's the same and you're like, No, it's really not. <laughs> and then I had to look back at it and like, oh okay, it's really not. But yeah, so it was I mean, because I was just kind of shocked that she wore two sort of yellow outfits in the same episode. Because you really do only see her in white most of the time. so For sure. Um, what about your next one? My next one is a Mark uh, outfit, which was sort of a white shirt with um, like a red jumper over the top, a thin blue scarf, um, and then like red and black, black checkered trousers. Um, and I gave that a whole lot because it, it really fitted in with his style. Um, I know he's had a couple of missed moments uh, in the past, but you know, more often than not, he is sort of on point. And I, I just liked, you know, just the way that these um, these colours sort of all fitted together. It was I thought it was uh, really cool. Well, I liked the the big collared white shirt and the red jumper, but when he stood up and revealed those tartan pants it just turned me off the outfit completely like really? I, I, yeah I just didn't vibe with the trousers um it was like he had like this posh like Etonian you know uh university tough look about him with the top half and kind of gave me Fred from Scooby-Doo vibes but <laughs> then the the trousers just ruined it so for me I'm actually going to give Mark a whole no <gasps> Uh, I, d- I don't know. I thought the, the trousers sort of set her off in a good way, but, um, but yep, each to, each to their own, I guess. So. Uh, and I'm going to be really savage to Mark here because he's my next choice. And again, it's a hother- another whole no. And it's when Wilhelmina's threatening to replace him. He's wearing black trousers and a grey waistcoat and this black shirt with you'd like these pink dragonflies patterned all over it and then he's got like a pink patterned tie on as well for me it just it was just too much like black and pink can work but I just hated the dragonfly pattern it was a big oh no for me um I'm looking at it and actually I'm gonna give her a whole lot really yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go so much for the, the print normally, but I could sort of look past it because of all the shades of purple going on. Um, what people need to know about me is purple is my favourite colour. Um, so any shades of purple, you know, I dye my hair purple, love it. So, um, so I do, yeah, I mean, the, the I, I guess the, the print is a bit much, but I don't know, I, th- I think the, the all different shades sort of actually in a much better light for me and it kind of saves it so I'm going to give it a whole lot okay um and your next choice uh so my next and last choice um is an Amanda outfit um which was she was in it 
was she was in the same scene as Mark with um, my previous choice. Um, so she had on like a, a I guess like a brownie coloured top, um, but it sort of had like um, black checkered sort of like at the top. I don't know how to describe it. It's sort of like cut off and has completely different material. It's like a checkered bust, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like, yeah, literally just checkered around the top of her bust. Um, and then she's got like a checkered belt and a grey checkered skirt. So there's lots of checks going on here. Um, but I gave that a whole lot as well because, you know, it's Amanda and she always looks sort of, um, you know, at her best usually. So I, I'm going to go... I'm going uh, to go whole lot for this as well. I thought it was a really sleek look. Um the patterns weren't too much. I just thought she looked great. So it's a whole yeah. lot from me. Um, what about your next one? Well, my final choice is a Betty outfit. And she has on this like red blouse with black, white and red circles like patterned all over it. And then she's got like, it's got like a knotted collar on the top of the blouse. And with that, she's wearing like, a blue skirt and black tights and black shoes. And I'm going to be honest, I'm going to give it a whole lot. I think the look works well. Yeah, red and blue can be a bit mishmash, but I'm vibing it. And I love the pattern of the blouse. And Betty's hair didn't look too bad. And the blouse matched her glasses. So I'm giving it a whole lot. I thought Betty looked really good. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually going to give that a whole lot as well, because, I mean patterns on the shirt are a bit much considering the colour of her as well and it's so bright and prominent um, but I think, I don't know I think it maybe the skirt sends her off in, in a nice way I mean like you said usually sort of um, red and blue can be a bit sort of hit and miss I guess but um, I don't know I, I just kind of like the, the combination of the two so yeah I'm going to give it a whole lot as well Great stuff. Well, thank you as ever for playing Hola or Hono with me, Tone. Thank you. It's been a pleasure as always. Well, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode of Hola Betty. Pleasure as always, Tone. It's been fun. This is without a doubt one of my favourite episodes ever of Ugly Betty and it's very clear why it did very well in the ratings. Such a solid episode. Yeah, yeah. Can't go wrong with it at all. You know, it it, it expressed more of the plot that's going on and, you know, um, even introduced some new plot plot twists that we weren't expecting. Um, It had some amazing, amazing quotes in it. it. It just... It worked really, really well. So, yeah, amazing app. So let us know your thoughts on the episode and also let us know your thoughts on the podcast by leaving us a review and a rating on your podcast apps. And don't forget, you can follow us on our socials on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Pod, And you can email us at holarbettypodcast at outlook.com. Tony, thank you so much for joining me as ever. It's been a blast. Yeah, can't wait for the next one. Me neither. And thank you all for listening. And until next time, it's bye-bye from me. Bye-bye from me. Adios.